0: Hi, my name is Gary Weber, and I'm the pastor at Southside Baptist Church, and I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. I know many of you listen on a regular basis, or maybe some of you are just joining us for the first time as churches move to online, but we want to give all of you an opportunity to support the ministry here at Southside Baptist Church, whether that's in our physical campus or right here through the virtual campus in the ministry of the podcast and the online services. You can contribute by going to ssbc.org and clicking the Give tab there you can make a one-time gift or a recurring gift and anything you can do would be greatly appreciated hey we hope you're doing well we'd love to hear from you enjoy today's message
1: the world has come to a standstill schools are shut down businesses have closed travel is slow to a crawl the economy is tanking and even churches have been forced to close their doors Apart from the very real health concerns surrounding the coronavirus, the unexpected pause in our daily routines may also be revealing our society's addiction to busyness and a frantic pace of life. Is it possible that we've become so accustomed to the noise and the busyness of our world that we've grown deaf to God's still small voice? Could a silver lining of this unexpected pause be the opportunity to draw closer to God and experience deeper community? Join us for a special series exploring how God speaks to us in the interruptions of life and how we can use this pause to draw closer to Him.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us at Southside Baptist Church Online. We started a brand new series last week called Pause. And we're just taking a look at how God is inviting us through this current situation to be still and know that he is God. In fact, in Psalm 4610, it says this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And maybe there has never been a time like this in any of our lifetimes that the whole earth is paying attention. God is up to something. The question is, what are we learning What are we seeing and how are we responding to God? So last week we talked about the gift of rest that God gave us. In fact, he designed us for it. In creation, he made the seventh day a day of rest. He didn't design us to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it was a gift from God that he said, hey, take a day and rest. But for many of us, we really only have two speeds, full throttle and a dead stop. Full throttle, mean, we're going all the time. Maybe that's been your life. You've been going, 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 and then finally you just fall down and you're completely exhausted. It might look like a video I recently found on YouTube. Take a look at this. I can relate to that dog that's how i've lived most of my life but you know this series isn't about running full throttle and it's not even about stopping it really is just about pressing the pause button being aware of all the things god may be doing around you in your own heart what he's what's happening in the relationships that matter most to you with your spouse with your kids with your close friends and so many of us when we are just going through life and we're not thinking about it we're actually drifting to sleep I know for me this week, I've been in a lot of online meetings. Maybe you have too. And there have been times I'll admit, I'm ashamed to admit that there's been conversations going on and, and I found myself drifting off to sleep. At least maybe my eyes are open, but I'm not really paying attention anymore. And for many of you watching church online in your beds, in your pajamas, come on now. I know what you're doing. Cause if you sleep in church, when you're dressed in here, I know you're sleeping at home, but it's okay. You can tune in and watch later on, but we drift off to and we don't even have to close our eyes in order to do it. Somebody will suddenly jar us awake, they'll put an elbow in the side when the teacher calls our name, and we're suddenly startled into reality. You know, we sleep with our eyes wide open. Meanwhile, our marriage may be falling apart, and our kids are struggling, and we realize we're drinking too much, but we're not even aware of it, or or we're finding ourselves in relational problems, and uh, we're so tuned out, We're we're so busy, we're so active that we're not aware of what's happening all around us. And it's not just about individuals. It happens to entire societies as well. If you think back to Nazi Germany, how many people just were sleeping while horrible things were happening all around them? It also happens to churches. You know, in the 1800s, there were these periods of time called the Great Awakenings. And they were called an awakening because the church had fallen asleep. And we have to ask ourselves as believers, is this COVID-19 pandemic a wake-up call for us? It's a horrible thing and I don't wanna diminish the hardships of it, but could one of the good things that come out of it be a wake up call from God? What if every believer, what if every follower of Jesus just woke up, paid attention, and listened? You know, God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. This may be a wake up call for us church, But I'm afraid that many of us today are like a couple guys we're going to read about in Matthew 26. God is about to do something amazing. Meanwhile, these guys are taking a nap. Jesus invited them to come away with him and pray, and they can't even stay awake. So if you have a Bible, I invite you to open up to Matthew chapter 26 as we look at this story about how God invites us to take a pause, to watch and to pray, to be aware of what's going on around us, around us and to connect with him. So if you would, open your Bibles or get your device out and join me as we look at Matthew chapter 26. I'll begin reading in verse 36. And then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Now, you'll remember, Jesus had 12 disciples. These are the 12 guys who followed him, who who he had sort of commissioned to be his his main guys, but there were three who were on the inner circle, and he invited them to go deeper with him in this time of prayer, and he said, hey, sit here. Now, guys, I'm not going to entertain you. I'm not going to do miracles. There's not going to be a show. I just want you to pray with me. And isn't it true that we are so enticed to be entertained today that sometimes when we're not being entertained, we drift off to sleep when God may just be about to do something amazing. So here these guys are, they are told to sit there and pay attention. And then verse 38, it says, then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death remain here and watch with me. Now you you would have thought that that would have been enough to get these guys' attention. Keep watch, stay awake. Something significant is about to happen. But these same guys went with Jesus at another time up onto a mountain, and they had the same exact experience. In fact, if you look at Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 32, we read about this encounter, and here's what it says. Now Peter and those who were with him, that's the same sons of Zebedee, were heavy with sleep. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were uh, were parting with him, Peter said to Jesus, "Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what He was saying. In other words, here Peter is, He should be paying attention. Something amazing is about to happen. Jesus is inviting him up on the mountain. He has fallen asleep, and he suddenly wakes up and he just blurts the first thing that comes into his mind. It's almost like you're sitting in biology class and you fall asleep. And a teacher asks a question and calls your name and you wake up and you say, Shakespeare, you're in the wrong class. You're not paying attention. It's exactly what's going on with these guys. And it happened before and it's happening again, just as Jesus is about to be arrested and taken away and crucified. Look with me back at Matthew 26, verse 39. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he said to the disciples, and he he looked to the disciples, and he found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me for one hour? You know, it it occurs to me that when we think about Peter, uh, we often think about his big failure. His big failure that hasn't happened yet in this in this time. It's about to happen as Jesus is arrested and Peter follows him into the courtyard of the high priest and he denies Jesus three times. And we think that's about Peter's biggest failure. But what if Peter's biggest failure actually started here in the garden? That, that Peter was falling asleep when Jesus had invited him to pray. And if Peter hadn't fallen asleep then, maybe he would have been more aware when he was in the garden and he wouldn't have denied Jesus. I mean, we don't know. But here's the verse that I really want us to focus on today. It's Matthew 26, 41, and it says this. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And then he goes on, and again, the second time, he went away and prayed, My Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and he found them asleep for their eyes were heavy. Now, Matthew doesn't really tell us what Jesus said the second time or the excuse that they offered, but Mark does. And look what he said, Mark 14, 40. He said this, and again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were very heavy and they did not know how to answer him. In other words, they, couldn't, they couldn't, didn't have any excuses. They had just fallen asleep again. They didn't know what to say. Verse 44 of Matthew 26. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of the sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And these guys slept through that final prayer, as Jesus is needing them, inviting them, calling them in, they're sleeping. And I just wonder, while this current crisis is going on, how many of us are just sleeping? We run full throttle all the other time, and then this happens, we're practicing social distancing, we're working from home, and we're fully asleep, when maybe God's inviting us just to pause and to pray. Look what he said again, Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray so that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So I want to look at two things. I want to look at the problem, and I want to look at the solution. First, the problem. The problem is this. Temptation is everywhere, and we are weak. Now, when it talks about weak, it's talking about our flesh. It doesn't mean like our physical strength. It really means our moral fortitude, but he says, our, our flesh is weak. You may depend on your physical strength to get you through, but this isn't about just your physical strength. It's about your moral fortitude. But temptation is also real. Temptation is a spiritual sedative that can lull you to sleep. We think sometimes of temptation as something that we do, some egregious sin, but sometimes temptation may just be something pulling you deeper and deeper into sleep. It's a spiritual sedative. I wonder if you know what your spiritual sedatives are. Maybe it's social media for you. Uh, Maybe it's getting on the internet too much, or it's binge-watching Netflix, or it's books, or it's movies, it's entertainment, it's food, it's friends, it's busyness. It could even be church. I mean, it could even be clubs or civic organizations, news, sports. All these things aren't necessarily bad. In fact, many of them are good, but they're things that lull you to sleep and you're not paying attention to what's going on around you. You're not paying attention to what God is trying to say to you. So let's look at the solution. And it's a pretty simple one, really. Simple but not easy. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Jesus said, watch, watch and pray so that you may not fall into temptation. I love what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12. He said this, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, in other words, all the people around us cheering us on, maybe saints who've gone before us, saints who are around us now, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which so cling, which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And look at this, looking to Jesus. Remember what he said? Watch, fellas, watch and pray. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Listen, this tells me something. We should keep our eyes on Jesus, but we also need the accountability of people around us. We are so unaware of having drifted off to sleep. Sometimes we need a friend to throw an elbow and say, hey, wake up. I think you're drifting. We need people around us who will say, hey, you need to wake up and pay attention. I think God may be speaking to you. I think you may be sleeping through it. So, as we close today, I just want to offer a challenge to you. I want to encourage you. We don't know how long this is going to last, but I want to encourage you to join us as we take a pause. And here's what that's going to look like as we take a pause. First, can you just find one hour every day to connect with God? One hour every day. Now, that sounds like a long time, and you may have to work yourself up to it, but here's some things you can do. You can spend some time with God in His Word, you can read. You can meditate on the word. You can journal. You can memorize scripture. You can pray and listen. What if you just sat in silence and just prayed, God, speak to me right now. And and all the things that are going on in your head, you just tried to still those thoughts long enough. Maybe you start with one minute and then two minutes, but you just tried to listen and say, God, I'm listening. Will you speak to me right now? We also have resources available for you online at ssbc.org on the pause page. Uh, There's some recommended books that you can read. Uh, You can pick a book off that list and read it. Uh, There's also a question list of questions called Four Questions to Give You Pause. Uh, They're not easy questions, but maybe you'll download those and you'll just work through those questions as you spend one hour every day with God. The second thing is to identify and fast from your spiritual sedative remember earlier we said, what is your spiritual sedative? Maybe you would take some time and just identify what are those spiritual sedatives, things that lull you asleep. Identify them and then fast from those things. And then third, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. We need other people to nudge us and help us stay awake. We're having small groups. They're meeting on Zoom. If you want to get connected with a group of people and do this together, just text GROUPS to 904-441- 8650 904 441 8650, or you can visit ssbc.org to learn more about how you can get connected with groups. Before we wrap this up, let me just give you three warnings. Uh, The first one is this it will not be easy. As you do this, you're going to find a lot of distractions and a lot of excuses not to take this challenge and not to do this i encourage you to press through it anyway you may fail you may stumble and fall but get up and keep pressing on the other thing is that there may be some painful things that you uncover as you just pray as you just reflect on your life and in what you're doing and what god may be saying to you there may be some painful things that come to light don't run away from those don't just Don't just go back to sleep. Engage with God and see what he's saying to you. The second warning I have for you is you will not do it perfectly. This is not about perfection. It's about progress. So just stick with it, even if you can't do it perfectly. And the third thing is you cannot do it alone. So again, join in with us, uh, participate in online groups, find an accountability partner. Now, here's a question. Some of you might be saying, well, why would I do this? Why would I engage in this? Well, first of all, Maybe your marriage depends on it. Maybe your relationship with your kids depend on it. I know that a deeper and more abundant life with Jesus depends on it. But there's another thing I would say to you. What do you have to lose? Even if you're not a believer in Jesus, what do you have to lose to take the opportunity right now just to draw closer to him as you've got this opportunity? There is no risk, but the potential is tremendous if you can just connect with God and hear what he's saying to you at this time. Hey, listen, we want to to walk with you in this. We want to pray for you. So make sure you text the word connect to 904-441-8650. There's a place on there where you can ask us to pray for you, where you can ask to speak with a pastor and we'll follow up with you. We are praying for you and I'm going to invite you to pray with me as we wrap this message up. God, we thank you for this uh, pause that you've given us. Uh, Lord, and I confess, and I know many of us feel this way, that we run at two speeds, full throttle or a dead stop. But God, I just pray that we would not fall into either of those temptations, but instead we would do what the disciples weren't able to do and that we would watch and pray and we'd see what you're doing and we would hear from you in this time. Lord, I pray for those watching and listening right now who don't even know if they believe in you. They don't even know if they believe that Jesus is who he said he, says, said he was and did what he said he did. But Father, I just pray that during this pause, you would reveal yourself to them. For those of us who are Jesus followers, Lord, may this be an opportunity to press the reset button. Lord, may you be glorified through it. We continue to pray for our world. We continue to pray for those who are suffering and those who are caring for those who are suffering. Give us wisdom. Father, give us discernment. And we pray for your mercy and your healing. And we thank you for the grace that you've given us in Jesus and even how you are working in this difficult situation to bring about something good. Lord, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, stick around and keep watching. We've got some more things we want you to engage in and want you to see, but we look forward to seeing you again tonight for our talkback session and throughout the week on our various platforms. So check out ssbc.org to find out more. And I pray as you leave today that you will remember you are the church. The church is not a building, it's a body. It's not a meeting, it's a movement. And we are more focused on people than we are on programs. Now go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Grace and peace be with you.
1: Thank you for listening. If you happen to live in the Jacksonville area, we'd love to engage with you during our Wednesday or Sunday gatherings here on campus. For directions, service times, information about our wonderful next-gen children environments, please visit us at ssbc.org.